Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Indians 10, the Orioles 3. I'm David Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And what a fun week to be a Cleveland Indians fan. We are now 10 games over 500 at 38 and 28. The Baltimore Orioles continue their road losing streak, although it doesn't look as bad because the Arizona Diamondbacks just set the major league record for road losing streak. Uh, so the Orioles uh, get buried in the news a little bit for their road losing streak, but both teams are returning home. So those road losing streaks are on pause. We'll see who eventually holds the major league record when both teams go back out on the road again. But we're talking about the Indians here. The Indians finally, uh, you know, gained a game on the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox are facing Houston right now in a four-game set, I believe, and they lost the first one of that one pretty bad, actually. They got beat up by Houston yesterday. What was that final? 10-2. to The White Sox had Dylan Cease on the mound for them, and that did not go well for him. Uh... Yeah, so uh, the Houston takes the first game of that set, and it allows the Indians to actually move up a game in the division. We're now three and a half games back of the White Sox. It's kind of crazy that we're 10 games over 500, and we're actually outside of the playoff picture looking in. We're a game back uh, of the wild card spot, uh, of the second wild card spot. To be in the playoffs in the American League right now, you have to be over 40 wins. That's the line. Right now, Houston at 40 and 28 is the second wild card. In the National League, man, we'd be in. We'd be in in so many different places. We'd be in in the Central, in the East, in the wild card. It's actually kind of crazy uh, how good the top of the American League is right now. So, yeah, we still have our work cut out for us. We did finally move into the back into the positive run differential. Uh, the big game, you know, a seven-game win here moved us to plus six in the run differential. So, is that going to matter by the end of the season? Probably, you know, probably not. But it helps. It definitely helps to have a positive run differential. It's really hard to win a lot of games when you are giving up more runs than you're scoring. Uh, generally, a good rule of thumb. So, the Indians are back in the positive run differential. They are 10 games over 500, and they gained a game on the White Sox. All right, let's get into this game. Let's get into the storylines. And, I mean, the, the big storyline is the offense just exploded, right? 13 hits. Um, they light up the Orioles pitching for 13 hard-hit balls yesterday. Almost, actually, everybody in the lineup had a hit. And everybody in the lineup yesterday had a hard hit ball, had a 95 plus mile per hour exit velocity shot. That is pretty good. That even even the light hitting utility infielders were hitting bombs yesterday. So let's get into it. And uh, I mean, the first inning, right? We just unload already in the first inning. Um, Bradley Zimmer has a really good at bat, a really good at bat to lead off the game. Uh, Sometimes I said those storylines are in that for, you know, in an at bat, right? Well, I'm sure when we all saw the lineup come out, even my brother texted me and he, uh, he said, well, this is definitely a getaway day lineup, right? This is a definitely, we already won the series kind of lineup. And it was, it absolutely was. I mean, look how many guys 
were starting in AAA to begin the season, right? Zimmer, Bradley, Lavarnaway, uh, Chang, Clement, all of these guys were starting the season in AAA, and now they're the Thursday starting lineup for your Cleveland Indians. So it was easy to expect that this was going to be a blowout, right? That the Indians, Eli Morgan was starting on the mound. Like, you had zero reason to have confidence in this game unless you've been paying attention and realizing that the Indians have had some things working on offense, especially in this home series. So Bradley Zimmer's leading off, and I'm sure we all thought this is going to be, you know, that's, this isn't going to work. Like, he's serviceable as the nine hitter, but he doesn't belong anywhere near the leadoff spot. But when you're giving, you know, guys days off, you're giving Cesar Hernandez a day off, you need someone to step up and do it. So why not Bradley Zimmer, right? What was your other option here? You're not going to mess with any of the other guys in your lineup. Maybe Ernie Clement and say, what the heck? Uh, so Zimmer gets it. Zimmer gets a what the heck situation. And he actually has a really good lead off a of bat. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it ends in a line out. But it was an eight pitch at bat, which starts with two called strikes on two sinkers. Then he gets a little defensive. He fouls off the next sinker. The fourth sinker, he is lucky, was not called for strike three. It is at the bottom of the zone. It is at the knees. And he, he he's like, look, I I got to establish the strike zone. And he does. He takes it for uh, for ball one. He fouls off a four-seam fastball. That was down the middle. It was a hittable pitch. Takes another sinker high and away for ball two. So now he's worked it back to a 2-2 count. Fouls off a knuckle curve that was in the zone. And then finally gets a sinker on the outside edge and uh, doesn't swing through it, which we've seen him do so many times. Hits it 110.1 miles per hour right at Mike Mikel Franco. 690 expected batting average. This was a rope. 110 miles per hour exit velocity. And Franco dove to his left and snagged it. So you give credit to Franco there for a great defensive play, but give Bradley Zimmer credit he's due here, right? Come on, that is a really good competitive leadoff at bat. That goes eight pitches, so not a complete disaster. All right, now the inning would start to get fun. Um, you know, the inning is already fun. Ahmed Rosario gets a single. Jose Ramirez then comes up, and on a 3-0 pitch, I mean, he wasn't even messing around. He hits a bomb to right field, 106.4 mile per hour exit velocity, 404 feet. Uh, no doubt about it, home run shot to right field. And it looked like a home run derby swing, right? On a 3-0 count, on a get-me-over pitch, Jose Ramirez was definitely like, I am swinging away on this one. I am giving this ball everything I got. I am, I am definitely... Definitely going home run or nothing on this swing. And he got it. He definitely got it. Uh, Eddie Rosario would pop out after him. And then Bobby Bradley. Bobby Bradley would go opposite field. He would hit a home run out to left center field. And uh, he would do it, I believe. Uh, he was also ahead in the count on this one. Yeah, he was ahead in the count 3-1. And he gets a sinker. Where was this pitch located? It was down. This pitch was down, and he goes opposite field with this one. This is the one where the fan reached over the railing to catch it. They determined that the angle of the ball, where the fan caught it, it was going to be above that wall. It was going to hit off those railings. Um, so, yeah, so it goes as a home run. It sticks as a home run. If you haven't checked out my tweets from yesterday, I'm telling you, at Davey Barris, I tweeted out Bobby Bradley's spray chart from AAA, from his entire career at AAA. 
He has hit a ton of home runs to left field and to left center to center field. He will go opposite way. He does have power that way. Usually when a guy comes up like this, right, it's pull or nothing, right? It's I'm going to pull the ball or I'm going to strike out. That is not Bobby Bradley. If, if you think that's Bobby Bradley, you have not been paying attention. Go look at the numbers. Go look at the data. It is out there. He will go to left field for home runs. He's already done it twice so far this season, both against Baltimore. So he's got four home runs so far on the major league season, two to the opposite field, two that he pulled. That's going to be a trend you're going to continue to see. So do not worry about Bobby Bradley going the opposite way. 103.7 mile per hour exit velocity. So yeah, uh, the Indians put across three in the first, and then they would just keep scoring. They score again in the third. They score again in the fourth. They score again in the sixth twice. They score three in the eighth. They just kept piling on. And I thought what was huge here was the bottom of the order. Yes, everybody hit. But there was a point in this game where it was a little bit tight, right? They scored two runs in the fourth inning. I would end Eli Morgan's day, although a good day from Eli Morgan. We'll get to it in a second. But at that point, it was three to four. That's a tight game, right? That's a tight game against the Orioles. That's a game where you're wishing that Karen Check and Klasse were available. But the bottom of the order coming through here, Lavarnaway hitting sixth in his first game with the Indians. He's been a journeyman catcher. He's hit pretty much everywhere he's gone. Um, he just hasn't stuck with anybody. Uh, he's in his, I think he's in his early 30s. I don't think Lavarnaway is actually that old. I want to say he was like 30, 33. Okay, I was going to guess 31. 33. So he's really not, Rivera's like 37. Um, so Lavarnaway goes in and hits sixth uh, because Austin Hedges went into concussion protocol. And you, I heard some people saying like, the dude got drilled in the head. Why was he active for a week and then going into concussion protocol? They did all the tests. He was feeling okay. He started to develop some symptoms, told the Indians about those symptoms. That's when he went into concussion protocol. I got no problem with that. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't blame a guy for wanting to stay in there and keep playing. You know, He thinks the helmet protected him, and then all of a sudden he starts to, whatever it is, dizzy, headaches, whatever it is, as soon as he feels it, he tells the team, and now he's in concussion protocols. I, I'm okay with that. He also took a shot off the face mask uh, at some point this week, which could have compounded things. You don't know. So Lavarnaway is going to be here for at least at least a week or two, right? We, with concussions, it's hard to say. Some guys just need some time for the headaches to go away. Some guys need some serious time off. So we'll see how long Lavarnaway is here. You know, Perez, they're talking about maybe getting him into a rehab start. So anyways, the storyline from the game is Lavarnaway hitting sixth, Naylor hitting seventh, Yu Chang hitting eighth, and Ernie Clement hitting ninth. These guys all delivered. Lavarnaway, two hits. Naylor, two hits. Chang, two hits. And Clement with one big hit. So they combine, the four guys combined for seven hits. They combined for one, two, three, four, five, six runs scored. Six runs scored from the bottom of the lineup. That includes Harold Ramirez, who came in to run for Josh Naylor at, at, uh, I believe, in that eighth inning. Um... They gave uh, two doubles, Naylor and Ernie Clement both had doubles. Yu Chang with a big home run, and they have five RBIs combined on the day, most of those going to Yu Chang and Ernie Clement. Chang was two for four with, with a homer and four RBIs on the day. He had the big two RBI single, and then he has the big two-run home run. 
I believe, in that eighth inning. So, yeah, the uh, the Indians offense, yes, it was in that eighth inning. After Naylor singled, singled um, he goes 106.2 mile per hour exit velocity down to the home run porch in left field, 392 uh, distance on that one. It was smoked. It was crushed. Yu Chang, man, I know everybody is like, send this guy down. We don't want to see him anymore. I think there is something there. I think when uh, when Luplo comes back and when some of these guys start coming back off the IL, Fermil Reyes, when Fermil Reyes comes back, they're going to have some real decisions to make here, right? So Owen Miller has already been sent back down. Ernie Clement is here. He's doing okay. He had a big double off the wall that actually scored Yu Chang from first. So give Yu Chang some hustle points too on that. Um, Clement uh, hits it high off that left field wall. Would have been a home run in Baltimore, but not in Cleveland. Um, they're going to have some tough decisions to make. You know, who's going to stick as that utility fielder? They just stick with Chang because of the experience. Chang also made some great defensive plays at third base. He snagged a line, one hop line drive. That's a really tough play. Uh, so, yeah, so... Is Owen Miller going to get another shot at it at some point? Uh, Clement, you got Chang. When Luplo and Fermil Reyes are back, one of these utility fielders is probably going down because now you've got your permanent DH back. So you're not going to be rotating the DH through Jose Ramirez, through Bobby Bradley, through Cesar Hernandez anymore. So uh, if Chang doesn't stick here, if Chang is the guy that gets sent down, because he still is... I mean, hitting 179 with a 523 OPS after that big day yesterday. If those numbers don't improve, if he is the one sent down, I think there is a future for Yu Chang. If it's not in Cleveland, it's somewhere. He's got talent. I know he's got talent, and we saw it yesterday. He needs to... Man, these guys really... I want to take a look one of these days at how much these guys swing and chase in the shadow of the play because it feels like Chang does it a lot. He's swinging at pitches that are just below the strike zone, pitches that are just too far inside. And when he actually squares one up in the strike zone, good things happen. So I think it's patience more than anything for Yu Chang and really working on that eye at the plate. Anyways, the bottom of the order absolutely delivered for the Indians. And that's the difference, right? That's the difference between being in a 4-3 battle. You can't rely. The top of the offense did their job. Bradley Zimmer was on base twice. Ahmed Rosario had two hits. The big three uh, three RBIs for Jose Ramirez. He would pick up another RBI on a fielder's choice with runners on first and third. Eddie Rosario had a home run. Bobby Bradley both had solo shots. Um, so, yeah, so the top of the order. It's not like the top of the order was slouching yesterday, but that's the difference between being in a tight, you know, three to four game, three to five game, and being in a 10 to three blowout. When the bottom of the order can deliver like that and match the production from the top of the lineup, that is a big offensive day. So there's your main storyline from the game. Uh, It was all offensive for the Indians. As far as the pitching goes, um, Eli Morgan looked pretty good coming back and starting again in Cleveland, right? All the jokes were made. He's not starting in a hurricane this time. The conditions were terrible. Toronto is a much better team, much stronger offense than Baltimore is right now. Although Baltimore's got some hitters. We know Baltimore does, but they're like the Indians hitters. They're a little bit streaky at times. Um, You know, the consistency isn't really there from the Baltimore hitters. Uh, Mullins and Mancini are obviously kind of leading the way for this offense, but 
with Mount Castle, Mount Castle and Santander, it's it's a little more iffy. Um, it was actually the lower guys in their lineup that went off. Uh, Austin Hayes, who's in left field today, had a solo home run. Uh, Franco had a home run. Uh, big double from Austin wins in the uh, in the ninth hole. So it was the bottom of their lineup that was actually delivering today uh, for them. They scored all the runs. Six six through nine hitters scored all the runs for them. So, uh, but Eli Morgan looked pretty strong. He only goes three and two thirds. He gets into trouble. He does give up two so the two solo home runs. Uh, he throws sixty seven pitches. We knew he wasn't going to go deep into the game. That's right now. Terry Francona is not letting these young guys get too deep into the game. So he felt sixty seven pitches, only five hard hit balls. Three and two-thirds, five hits, three earned runs, no walks, and five strikeouts from Eli Morgan. That's a pretty good game. So he gets him out of there. He gets Kyle Nelson in there. Kyle Nelson does his job, gets out of the inning. Trevor Steffen would then come in. He would have a big inning in two-thirds, three strikeouts. Sam Henches would come in, pitch the seventh, have a strong inning. He does give up a hit, but three strikeouts, strikes out the side for Henches. Maiden would come in, pitch a good eighth inning for Maiden, one strikeout, nothing else on the board, and Wickren would get done with a ninth inning on five pitches. Kind of felt like Baltimore didn't want to be there anymore, uh, only through five pitches to get through the ninth inning. So the bullpen does a fantastic job behind Eli Morgan, and everybody was really dealing yesterday. If we go to the player breakdown, uh, Eli Morgan... Did get nine whiffs on 33 pitches, which isn't terrible. The starter for Baltimore, Jorge Lopez, had three whiffs on 33 swings from the Cleveland Indians. Only three swings and misses against their starter, Lopez. Uh, we would foul off 13. We put 17 in play. 17 on the 33 swings we would put in play. That is incredible. That's, that's over 50% right there. So... Um, it was a little better for Eli Morgan on six on his 67 pitches. 33 swings, 9 whiffs, 27%. That's not terrible. 15 called strikes, though, so it's good for a 36% CSW on the day. And it was working with every pitch. Uh, they swung the most at the fastball, but he got 10 called strikes on the fastball. He was locating it. He was being precise. The fastball averaged 89.8 mile per hour, miles per hour, so I uh, topped out at 93, so not terrible. Not terrible, pretty good fastball from Eli Morgan. His thing is about control and location. It is not about velocity. Um, So, yeah, so 10 called strikes on that. Uh, The changeup, which is his most effective pitch, wasn't really getting the swing and miss that he would want on the changeup. Only two whiffs on eight swings. Uh, And every pitch, the slider was a little bit effective for him. The curveball, he only threw these pitches 10 times, 7 times. Threw two sinkers, mixed in two sinkers in there, so... Overall, it's a 36% CSW on the day for Eli Morgan. But I think most importantly, zero walks, five strikeouts. That is big from Eli Morgan. We can live with a couple solo home runs, right? We can live with it. We have to remember that these guys coming up cannot be Shane Bieber 2.0. They can't. It's it's Shane Bieber is, I want to say kind of once in a generation, even Plesak and Savali, like... You cannot expect them to be Shane Bieber. Um, we, we're lucky. We saw it with Corey Kluber first. And uh, we saw it a little bit with Clevenger. We saw it a little bit with, uh, with uh, Bowers. Uh, but really, Shane Bieber and, and Kluber are at elite, elite levels when it comes to pitching. And 
we're lucky to have those guys back to back. You know, the fact that we had CC Sabathia and Cliff Lee back to back back in the 2000s was pretty incredible. Um, and then there was obviously a gap uh, that Jake Westbrook had to hold down until Corey Kluber could step up as the ace of this pitching staff. So don't expect that. If, if Eli Morgan gives up a couple of hits, a couple of solo home runs, that's fine. That's fine. It's better than three run home runs, right? So yeah, so good pitching from Eli Morgan. Uh, every Everything was, all these Indians pitchers had it working yesterday. Uh, Kyle Nelson had all three of his pitches working. He had six whiffs on 10 swings on 17 pitches. 60% whiff rate. That is pretty incredible. Trevor Steffen was really working with a slider. Eight swings on his slider, five whiffs on that slider. A 67% CSW on his slider. Uh, for Henches, it was also the slider. Five swings, three whiffs on the slider, two called strikes, 56% CSW. Now, Henches was still doing that thing where he, there's that arm angle of the lefty that just, he keeps pounding from the catcher view down and to the left. Um, He does it with his slider. He does it with his fastball. He leaves the curveball away. If he can leave that curveball out on the right edge of the plate, pound the the slider down and in, um, you know, it's not a terrible combination. Uh, Yeah. It worked for three strikeouts. It worked to strike out the side. The slider was definitely working for him yesterday. For Mayton, uh, he kind of threw everything. Uh, he threw four different pitches yesterday. And uh, four swings, uh, eight swings, four whiffs. So he was getting the swing and miss as well. And then Wickren, just five pitches. Got done with the ninth really quickly. So yeah, so everybody was kind of dealing yesterday. It was pretty awesome to see. So great job by the pitching staff. All right. MVP for the day. Man, we got a lot of guys who hit home runs yesterday. We got Nick Wickren, or we got Eli Morgan, who uh, had a very, very competent start, you know, returned to the majors. Is Eli Morgan going to stick around and get another chance at it? I got to give MVP for the day, though, to the guy that led the team in RBIs yesterday, Yu Chang, I know he's been an easy target to, uh, you know, be frustrated with because the batting average is not impressive, 179. The OPS is not impressive, 523. A lot of swing and miss from Yu Chang so far in the season, but the dude delivered yesterday. He had he drove in four runs. He scored twice, including all the way from first to give Ernie Clement his first major league RBI. And uh, yeah, played great defense. So Yu Chang, you are getting MVP for the day. Uh, they don't have his um, whiff rate or anything like that on the percentile rankings uh, on his Baseball Savant page. So looking at Yu Chang's pitch tracking, looking at his individual page on Baseball Savant and going down to the pitch tracking, they will tell you the whiff rate based on the types of pitches he's seeing. And he is doing okay against fastballs, only a 17.3% whiff rate on breaking balls. So curves, sliders, you know, he's doing a 45.7% whiff rate. That is pretty rough. Off-speed pitches, change-ups, splits, things like that, 37.9% whiff rate. So typical probably of what you would see from a, you know, from a young guy coming up, finally getting some major league run here, you know, He'd be able to hit the fastball, and he struggles against the uh, off-speed stuff. I mean, he's got 
man, he's got seven extra base hits, uh, 15 hits total. He's hitting 268 against fastballs. He does not have a hit against a breaking ball, and he's 125 batting average. He's got two hits against off-speed stuff. So he's hitting the fastball. He uh, he definitely is not hitting the off-speed stuff. So that is something to keep an eye on. Uh, right, that does it for my thoughts. That does it. It was a it was a fun day game. It was a really really fun day baseball game. And you know, at the beginning of this week, when they announced that Shane Bieber was going on the IL, remember the sky was falling. It was over. You know, local radio was burying the Indians, saying, I don't, how could they survive this? How could they possibly survive this? Well, it helps when you're facing one of the worst teams in baseball in Baltimore. And guess what? We're going to Pittsburgh to face the worst team in the National League. So it's an easy way to handle, to weather the storm by, uh, by facing two of the worst teams in baseball. But the offense came alive and supported the pitchers, supported these young pitchers. Francona had a plan. And that was to leave those starters out there until they saw a little bit of trouble and then go to the bullpen. He's got a ton of arms in the bullpen right now, and he's going to use them. So that's the plan. That's the plan going forward. And let's see if they've announced the starters in the Pittsburgh series yet. So Mejia is going to start Friday night. Quantrill is going to start Saturday. And Henches is going to get the start on Sunday. So there you go. Henches has earned himself another start. So yeah, these guys are going on short rest because they're only going like three to four innings and he's going to make it work. I would be surprised if Mejia is around 70 pitches again tonight and then uh, they get him out of there. Now, the one thing you have to know about tonight, because I know all of our listeners are not in the Cleveland area, you're spread out all over the world. Uh, There are some big thunderstorms heading Cleveland's way tonight. So if Pittsburgh, if Western Pennsylvania gets the same kind of weather tonight that Northeast Ohio is expecting, chances are they're not going to get a game in tonight. So we'll see. We'll see if they get this game in or if it's pushed back to Saturday. Uh, Obviously, if they don't play, we'll push back the podcast for a day. But yeah, I'm excited to see what these young starters can do uh, in this new style of Terry Francona, uh, you know, management of handling a pitching staff, of handling a bullpen. So work against Baltimore. We'll see as the competition increases, because the competition will increase. It's coming. Uh, we got to face the Cubs, who are leading the NL Central right now after this. Then we Minnesota will be an interesting challenge. Um, we go to Minnesota. They are struggling. We get Detroit, who uh, is doing okay, but uh, is still struggling. Then Houston, Tampa Bay, and finish up with Kansas City. I think once that calendar flips to July competition is going to get really tough we face oakland in july houston twice we face tampa bay twice we have st louis come back to us and then the white Sox. so the month of july is going to be the make or break month for the cleveland indians because they're going to face some stiff competition all right that's all my thoughts you can follow me on twitter again oh again the final from cleveland it's the indians 10 the Orioles 3. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. The emails have dried up. The phone calls have dried up. Where are you at? Come on. The, the Indians just swept the Baltimore Orioles here. Hit me up with some emails, with some phone calls. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor. So if you go to anchor.fm forward slash clevelandbaseballmornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. There it is. Call in. 
We'll discuss your thoughts on the air. We'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.